The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Ecclesia, I am Pastor Chris C. and many, many guests that are joining us for Easter. Happy Easter. He is risen. We're thrilled that you could join us today. I don't know if you've ever had in your lifetime a birthday, maybe that didn't feel quite like a birthday. Um, I went to college in the days before social media. Now on social media, everybody knows when it's your birthday. You get so many birthday wishes. It's one of the great things about social media. I went off to college. I have a September birthday. I made new friends, but not long enough for them to know when my birthday was, right? So I spent the whole day walking around thinking, nobody knows it's my birthday. It's that awkward. Like, should I tell you it's my birthday? Like somebody, we didn't have cell phones. I know some of you can't believe that, but, um, and my answering machine was full. So I went the whole day and I didn't get any messages from people that said it was your birthday. This Easter could feel a little bit like that. We have a usual routine in Easter. We have usual celebrations. And the best you can do today probably is maybe you have on your best pajamas for Easter. And you know what? That's okay. We're gonna lean into the best parts of this. Uh, we truly always have been a global church. We've said we're local, global, and historical. And today we have brothers and sisters joining us for worship all across the globe. We have people contributing from all across the globe. You're gonna hear from our dear brother Propaganda who's been with us for many Easter celebrations. He's gonna share a spoken word and an encouragement to us that's a gift. Our brother Bob Goff has uh, some thoughts on Easter that are gonna be really edifying and helpful for you. Our sister Sandra McCracken's gonna lead us in worship. She's one of our all-time favorites. We sing so many of Sandra's songs. Our brother David Gunger from The Brilliance is gonna make a beautiful contribution to our worship, and I'm gonna tell you more about that. So God bless you. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's worship together.
Hey Ecclesia family, it's Bob Goff here. I'm in San Diego this morning thinking about you guys. Happy Easter. I hope this is a time filled with reflecting on all of the good things that God is doing in your life. Thinking about a lot of the things that Jesus did were down by the water. You know, what happened is the people didn't recognize Jesus. Remember Mary? She ran to the tomb and she thought Jesus was the gardener. <laughs> And he didn't make fun of her. He didn't uh, shake his head. What he did is he said her name, Mary. Shortest sermon ever in the scriptures. And then the, the, the other time, Jesus showed up to his disciples. They were down by the water, remember? They, they saw this guy that had lit a little fire on the bay, and they didn't recognize who he was, and then they did. And, and they ran over to him. And you know what? He didn't make a sermon. He made him breakfast. I'm telling you, serve each other during this time. You can show who God is to people that don't recognize Jesus until they meet you. People who love people without an agenda. Because when love has an agenda, it ain't love anymore. It's a program. And Jesus doesn't need another program. He needs me and you to wake up, to see who he is, and to show gratefulness, to go back to him like that one leper that returned to Jesus. And you know what the payoff is? More time with Jesus. <laughs> so you guys, keep at it. I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm with you, even at this time that we're apart. All right. Happy Easter. Ecclesia, we continue to be committed, even in this challenging season, to the work God calls us. Sharing the gospel, caring for the vulnerable in our city and beyond, caring well for the spiritual health of our people, and especially for the care of our children. As we each consider our part in that offering, please speak this prayer along with me. Almighty God, you created everything in the heavens above and in the earth below. You survey all your creation and you savor its beauty and appreciate its goodness. To you, we lift up the best we have to offer from our time, talents, and resources. We give freely from what we have received from your hand. We give joyfully with the gratitude of a rescued people. We give generously with the excitement of children at play. We join with your mission and with your kingdom in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What's up, Ecclesia's prop? Long time no see and probably still won't see you for a long time. I'm encouraged to do this with you guys, man. One, because it's proof that you understand that if you ever thought that church was in a building or needed to be in one building, I think you missed the point of the whole, the whole picture. It was never about the building. It was always about the body. So I'm glad to share this time with you, share some poems with you. Uh, well, a poem. This poem's called Made Straight. We are not those without hope or hoping in hope alone. Because resurrection shows that this place is not our home. We are sojourners living out what a past action bought us. 
with the knowledge that we have yet to see the fullness of what it got is how all of creation moans the labor aches and pains like how the crushing of a planet's moon could make saturn's reigns my crooked soul covered in blood stains the blessedness of perspective the ironic gift of cancer like if i could bottle the feeling where every morning's a blessing because every breath could be your last one man that's the answer be patient with one another be gracious because our time is short Remember you two were once in darkness for we brought forth Christ the hope of glory Sealed our eternity purchased permanently By only him worthy but my mouth has yet to catch up with what my heart knows And my heart is still light years beyond my library it's scary There's no plaques on my wall except Except the influence I had on those with plaques on their wall How that could leave a man salty Like when if it be my turn And the lower me is leaning towards an attitude beneath me And I am just like them I'm the systemic immigrant Participant Longing for escape and hoping in salvation Waiting for the day he makes the crooked way straight Marching on a crooked road Waiting for the glorious state of our soul's gentrification But the purchaser ain't put us out He paid all our mortgages and Canceled all our debts and found homes for all the orphans And once under the thumb of an unbearable slumlord Dumb son of a gun said rescue could never come lord And we all believed him And took matters into our own hands And made a filthy mess of our own lone land and we only got ourselves to blame our cheating little hearts, but the hope of transcultural love and acceptance who erased racism and sexism. The blessed day we don't look down on the poor like they ain't like them and they not us. And gender ain't fodder for suicide among us. The already but not yet. So we look forward with joy and anticipation for when the timekeeper comes soon and make the crooked way straight. The blessed day we don't look down on the poor Like we ain't like them and they not us And gender ain't fodder for suicide among us We all ready but not yet So we look forward with joy And anticipation for when the timekeeper returns And make the crooked ways Straight Ecclesia, he is risen, and then you say it together, even though you're at home, you'll say it. He is risen indeed. It's a strange thing. I told you at the beginning of the service, I had uh, my freshman year in college, I had this awkward birthday where nobody knew it was my birthday. And uh, it just felt off. It felt really depressing. And, you know, something happened at the end of the day. I ran into a new friend, and uh, I asked her, how are you doing? She said, I'm struggling. It's my birthday today, and uh, it doesn't feel right. We just started school, and I don't have that many friends yet. And, uh, and instead of telling her, hey, it was also my birthday, and I'm struggling too, and we could have a pity party, I just decided to go get her a gift, right, and get her some flowers and drop it off. And all of a sudden, all of my anxiety about not feeling celebrated on my birthday disappeared. It was gone. It was, I felt like I had a purpose. I got to encourage her. And right now, we're a people made to do the same. As we start to lift our heads and see that other people are suffering, we become less consumed with what's happening with us, right? And for many of us, we're wondering, how long has this been happening? How long have we been in quarantine? And then it's even harder when we think, how long will this last? Right now, we need to live day to day and uh, be in the moment. 
I can tell you it's been a while. If you remember when this all started, I shaved my beard and uh, I've actually started to have to trim my beard again. So that's a while, right? We've been doing this for a while. And yet we're the same people we were before and we're called to live out the same values. At Ecclesia, we've said we have some values, uh, some things that center us about how we live. And I wanna encourage you to think about those in this Easter season. What does it mean to be a people that decide? In the rhythms of Ecclesia, we said, we're gonna be a people that are real. We're gonna be real. What does it look like to be honest when you're struggling? One of the keys to success in this season of caring well for yourself and your family is having moments that you're honest to say, today, I'm not feeling so well. Uh, this is starting to get to me. And if we have a few rainy days, there are gonna be a lot of us saying that all at once. And we're gonna have to find new ways to cope. And when we run out of whatever the next Tiger King show is on Netflix, we're gonna be going, I don't know what to do next. And we're gonna learn to pick up our Bible. We're gonna learn to pick up some good books. God's gonna do some amazing things, but we need to be real. We said, we're people that are gonna be kind, that that kindness ought to mark who we are. And when you're quarantined with people and you got a lot of familiarity, you could have some time that you fail to be kind. And I wanna encourage you, Ecclesia, the only way we're gonna get through this well is to be kind and patient with people. Your roommates, your family, uh, your neighbors, uh, those that you may be reaching out to, they're struggling. They may not be at their best on that particular day. Will you choose to be kind to them no matter what? We've said in our rhythms, we're gonna be a people that are hospitable. That looks different when we're not inviting people into our homes, but I'm so thrilled to hear stories of you guys pizza bombing, and I got to empanada bomb a friend this week, and what could be better than empanadas, right, in Malbec? It was just a, a great way to lift their spirits, and many of you have lifted my spirits, and we're gonna be hospitable in new and creative ways. We've said we're a people that are gonna seek God. What could be better in this season? than deepening your relationship with God. We said, we're gonna be a people that seek beauty. We're gonna notice those moments. I hope you're going on some walks and all of a sudden you appreciate the flowers, right? You appreciate uh, the sunrise in the morning. There's opportunities to seek beauty. And then we said, we're gonna be a people that serve others. And as your pastor, that's one of the things I'm called to help you do well. We had some big plans for Easter for our celebration and for our friends across the globe, some of our friends that have been suffering. In fact, just before all of this hit, uh, we had some time to get down to the Colombia-Venezuela border. We gathered a group of pastors, we spent some time together. And one of the things we talked about was how our church, Ecclesia, could support them, not only in the day-to-day -day and the week-to-week, -week, but how we could support them to have a beautiful and flourishing Easter. We wanna see their churches grow. We wanna see them, the churches be able to feed people in a way that the kids and adults are healthy and well and strong, that they can fight off illness and disease. And that's never more important than now. They're quarantining as well. They're struggling with the coronavirus as well. And so Ecclesia, you need to know that as a people, uh, this week we have sent down $25,000 to lead some projects. Some of those are the feeding projects at the border. And then we're working with churches all across Venezuela that are doing feeding programs on Easter Sunday. They're gonna be feeding people, doing medical care, checking in on people. They're gonna have big celebrations to celebrate our risen Lord. And we get to be a part of that. 
when you give as we give today, I'm giving all of my offerings on text to give at the same time you are when we watch. And all I do is get my phone and I text 84321 and I text the amount that I'm giving. When it's your first time, it'll trigger you with a setup link. If you've done it before, it's just that easy. You get a confirmation. And I want you to know that when you give at Easter, that things like feeding our homeless brothers and sisters, things like feeding and celebrating Easter with churches in Venezuela that are in desperate need, this is who we are. We're made to serve others. We're not different just because we're quarantined. We're the same people. And today I get to open a really remarkable text with you. We're gonna spend most of our time in the Gospel of John. And I wanna invite you into the story of what I believe to be one of the most misinformed figures in all of the Christian scriptures. If I ask most of you, who's your favorite disciple? Go ahead, who's your favorite disciple? I've asked a few people this week and John and Peter come up a lot. Some people say Matthew, Mark, or Luke because they wrote gospels and so people know who they are. But you know what? I asked a bunch of people and no one said to me, Thomas, no one. And I wondered, why didn't somebody say Thomas? Because Thomas is a remarkable figure. He's known in the scriptures as a person of doubt. And I believe because some of us grew up in, uh, in maybe a Christian subculture that didn't value doubt, we thought doubt was the opposite of faith. And Erica reminded us last week, that's not true. That doubt is actually a healthy part of faith. And Thomas was known as the doubter. I think he gets a bad rap. I think the truth is Thomas ought to be known as the believer. In fact, I'm going to tell you a bunch of reasons why we should be more like Thomas. Thomas in the Gospel of John, we, we hear him first in John 11, act with great faith. Um, the disciples were going to head with Jesus towards Jerusalem and they were going to make a stop along the way. And Jesus said, this is going to be kind of a big deal. They were going to stop and visit Lazarus who'd already died. Now, the last time they went to Lazarus's hometown, people wanted to kill Jesus. So the disciples were probably a bit weary, not Thomas. Thomas said, let's go. And if we need to, we'll die with you as we go to visit Lazarus. He had faith. He had a lot of faith. In John 14, later on in that same book, Jesus was teaching. He was explaining who he is to them. And as often happens, and it may be happening for you even today, Jesus was teaching and people didn't really understand. I hope uh, that by the time I'm done, there's a few things you understand, your kids understand. Uh, although good teaching also provokes questions. And for Jesus, that was always the case. He was teaching and they were like, we don't get it. Jesus was saying, you know where I'm going. And Thomas interrupts and Thomas goes, no, Jesus, we don't know where you're going. We don't know who you are, right? And I love the honesty of like, I, I'm sorry that we don't have that. We actually have a chat function in this live thing and you can message me and say, hey, I didn't understand that. And I'd love to talk to you about it. We're getting on Zoom calls after our services and we're getting to talk and we're having pastoral care moments. And I hope more of you are like Thomas, that you hear something and go, I know you said that, but I don't understand. And Thomas goes, we, we don't know. And then Jesus explained, it's one of the greatest teachings in the gospel of John. He says, okay, Thomas, well, this is what you need to know. I am the path, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. Now, that verse clarified a lot for many of us about who Jesus is. And if Thomas hadn't asked the question, I don't know where we'd be. So Thomas is a unique disciple. And after Jesus' crucifixion, it's fascinating to see this 
This had to be a traumatic event. Any of us that have friends who have passed away experience deep pain and loss. In this particular season, we believe it's even more difficult because we're struggling to find ways to support each other and get together. And whether people are passing of natural causes or unrelated illnesses or illnesses related to this virus, um, we're struggling to figure out how to support each other. I can tell you I've led a lot of funerals in my day. Um, it's actually one of the things uh, that though it is difficult as a pastor, it's one of the great privileges to walk with people in times of grief. And I want you to know, Ecclesia, that if you're walking through a time of struggle and grief, I'm available, our pastors are available to you. We're going to find ways to walk through it well together. But I will tell you that of the deaths that have occurred in our community, the most painful have been those who were murdered. Um, there's a suddenness, there's an injustice, there's a jarring nature to it that rocks you at your very core. Thomas's best friend, his beloved, his rabbi, the one he believed was the savior. Jesus himself told him, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the father, but by me. Thomas is devastated when Jesus is publicly murdered. And what we hear in the gospel of John is that the disciples were scared. They thought they were next. And most of the disciples, in fact, all, except for Thomas, literally they quarantined. They went to a house, they were afraid, they locked the door and they stayed there just them. They didn't want let anybody in. Now it's interesting that Thomas was the only one who didn't go there. And you can imagine, maybe some of you were like, I wish I was quarantined alone because time is stressful and I'm kind of an introvert. And my guess is Thomas was an introvert. And after Jesus died, he thought, I can't be around those guys right now, right? Because sometimes in difficult times, I don't know if you've noticed this, people say stupid things, right? And they say stupid things and you wanna go like, why would you say that? Like, what would you do? And I think Thomas went, those guys are like my family. And if they say something stupid, we might get in a fight. It might not go well. I'm gonna to go to a different place. And what we know in John 20 is that it tells us all the disciples were gathered in one place except Thomas. And I think Thomas was doing his own self-care. And in John 20, this is what it tells us, that on Resurrection Sunday, first, these remarkable women who love Jesus, they went to the tomb, they couldn't find him. Now, what you need to know about Thomas, we call him Doubting Thomas. I'm not calling him that anymore. I'm gonna call him Believing Thomas, Faithful Thomas, Courageous Thomas, Questioning Thomas. Um, what you need to know is that these ladies were the first to believe in the resurrection. But you also need to know these ladies, they went to the tomb not expecting to find the resurrected Lord. They were looking for Jesus, but you need to know they were looking for dead Jesus right? The, the disciples, even when they heard from the ladies that Jesus was resurrected, they didn't believe. They went to the tomb. They were still looking for dead Jesus. It only was after Jesus appeared to them. And it tells us in John 20, this is what happened on that same evening after the ladies had discovered Jesus on resurrection Sunday, that the followers gathered together behind locked doors in fear that some of the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem were still searching for them, right? They were, they were afraid. Um, we're staying home more out of love than fear, but we have some fears. We have some fears about the future. We're, we're hunkered down together and the disciples were just the same. They weren't going out. They didn't want anybody to see them. They didn't want anybody to know they were there. And it tells us in John 20 that out of nowhere, Jesus appeared in the center of the room. <laughs> That'll freak you out, right? They're like, they, they're still, they'd been looking for dead Jesus and there's a live Jesus in the room. 
And Jesus said, right, right as he appeared, which is kind of a funny thing to say, he says, may each one of you be at peace, right? And they're like, uh, no, we're a little freaked out. You just appeared out of nowhere. We had the door locked. You didn't come through the door. And as he was speaking, it tells us he revealed the wounds in his hands and his side. You know, this is a season. None of us are Jesus, but we have some woundedness. This is a season, whether it's on FaceTime calls with family, you got time to do it. Whether it's with family at home, that you, you share some of your wounds, some of your places of brokenness. That's part of the ecclesia rhythm of being real. And it's when Jesus showed them, hey, I was hurt. I was killed. These are my wounds. Right? The disciples were compelled. It tells us that as they did that, the disciples began to celebrate as it sank in that they were really seeing the Lord. They knew, like they were scared at first, but they knew it was Jesus. They started to celebrate. And then Jesus said, I give you the gift of peace in the same way the Father sent me, I'm now sending you. And now he drew close enough to each of them that they could feel his breath and he breathed on them. You'll remember last week I told you, this is what God does in the creation accounts. It tells us in John 1 that he breathed life into us. And that light, right, that his breath changed everything. We know in one of the creation accounts in Genesis that he breathed into empty dirt shaped into the form of a human when he breathed life into us, it changed things. Jesus is resurrected and he breathes on the disciples and he sends them. And it tells us all of the 11 were present with the exception of Thomas, right? I told you, I think maybe he was an introvert. Maybe he was afraid. Uh, maybe he just needed time alone. And he heard the accounts of each brother's interaction with the Lord, right? These disciples that he knew well and trusted, they said, hey, we met Jesus, he came. We get in one of the gospels an account that Jesus was hungry when he came to them, right? They were still a little scared. And Jesus said, you guys have anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate the fish, right? And the disciples were telling Thomas, all of this happened, we saw it. So the disciples go to Thomas and they say to him, we've seen the Lord. But Thomas says this, he says, until I see his hands and I feel the wounds of his nails and put my hands into his side, I won't believe what you're saying. And it tells us that eight days later, they gathered again behind locked doors. They were still afraid. They were still quarantined. And Jesus reappeared. This time, Thomas was with them. And Jesus says, may each one of you be at peace. And then he drew close to Thomas. And Jesus said, reach out and touch me. See the punctures in my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Leave behind your faithlessness and believe. And Thomas, it tells us he was filled with emotion, right? You can imagine the tears, the joy. He says, you're the one true God and Lord of my life. And Jesus says, Thomas, you have faith because you've seen. Blessed are all those who never see me, and yet they still believe. And then it ends the Gospel of John telling us that Jesus performed many other wondrous signs that are not written in this book. These accounts are recorded so that you too might believe that Jesus is the anointed, the liberating King, the Son of God, because believing grants you the life he came to share. Ecclesia, you need to hear this. Thomas should never be despised as one who doubts. 
In fact, Thomas is just the one who asked the questions. I hope you ask the questions. I hope you're willing. You ought, you ought to know at Ecclesia that wherever you are in your faith journey, whether you're at a place of rock solid belief or you're like most of us, that mostly we have times of belief, we have times of doubt, we struggle. C.S. Lewis, the greatest Christian theologian of our century, he says, I think the trouble with me is lack of faith. The most significant Christian thinker of our time, he, he offered apologetics for why we would believe in God in really beautiful ways. But he said, often when I pray, I wonder if I'm not posting letters to a non-existent address. Anybody else feel like that in this season? I hear reports of people, I'll be honest with you, my greatest fear, I don't know where it came from, but it's my greatest fear. Um, is to ultimately die alone. I think it's just awful. And I hear stories in the news and it triggers something deep in me of people that are dying alone. And I'm praying for them and I have moments of struggle and doubt and pain and sorrow. Frederick Beatner puts it in a slightly other way. He says, doubts are the ants in the pants of faith. They keep it awake and moving. Ecclesia, we're a people made to ask questions just like Thomas, Jesus is teaching. And he's like, no, Jesus, we don't understand. I hope in this season, on this Resurrection Sunday, you're asking questions. Those are humble questions. It's not questions that say, I know and somebody else doesn't, but we're saying, I'd like to know more. I'd like to better understand. And faith is born in that place. What I'll tell you is this, that a faith that's born without doubting questions will be uh, the kind of faith that tries to make what is complex, right? Faith is complex, life is complex. Life in a pandemic is very complex. And if you don't question, if you don't doubt, if you don't struggle, your faith will amount to a mountain of platitudes. And I don't know about you, but the one thing I can't handle in this season are simple platitudes. The kind of Christianity that resorts to these quotes that you'd put on a poster that you'd buy at a Christian bookstore aren't gonna get you through this season. But I tell you what will, faithful Christian community, people that are willing to investigate the truth of the faith. One of the reasons I believe in the resurrection is because I've spent my life investigating the claims of it. I've spent my life studying the gospels that are filled with details that make it clear they're eyewitness accounts. One of the reasons I go to the Holy Land is because I'm captured by the idea that these disciples that never seemed to get it, they were <laughs> at times the most benevolent way to say it, right? Is they were kind of clueless morons. They just couldn't figure it out, which are a lot like us, right? Something happened when Jesus was resurrected. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened. They became courageous, faithful. They had a purpose, they had clarity. They cite the people that had witnessed Jesus. They cite the names of people and their parents all throughout the gospels that make clear this is not a legend or a story. This is an eyewitness account. I love Thomas. I relate to Thomas. I relate to the apostle Paul. Paul became one of the great figures of faith, the most significant contributor to the New Testament letters. And yet what you need to know is he was someone that was beyond skeptical of Christianity. He despised Christianity. He hated it at its very core. He thought it was absurd. He thought that it was sacrilegious, that people would have this idea that they wouldn't need the temple anymore, that, that Christ was a sacrifice for all people and no other sacrifices would have to be made. He hated it so much that he wanted to kill the people that believed it. 
And yet what happened? He encountered the risen Lord and everything changed in an instant because he encountered the risen Lord. I know that this season has been a season of disruptions and I don't tend to like disruptions. Although there's some really great things, I'm gonna be a great cook when all this is said and done because I'm making three meals a day. I'm learning to use the Instant Pot in beautiful ways. It's a gift, you should order one on Amazon. It's surely backlogged, but you can make amazing things. Best mashed potatoes I've ever made in my life this week. There, there's so many things we're gonna learn in this season. It's disrupted things. But I believe, Ecclesia, that we can have the best Easter of our lives in quarantine, that we can draw close to God, close to family and friends. We can live out the rhythms of Ecclesia. I'm grateful that as we worship our dear brother, David Gunger, now, I wanna ask you to pray for David. David has come down with this virus. David is, leads the brilliance. He leads worship for us at Ecclesia often, and he has for many years. We sing his songs almost every week. David's been really sick. He's quarantined away from his family and praise God, his wife Kate and his kids have not had any symptoms. David's been really sick. And in the midst of that, he's been finishing some pieces to put together a song that he wrote about this journey and experience this time in our life. That's a huge encouragement to me. David's gonna lead us in song now. This song's so simple, you're gonna catch on to the chorus really fast. Even though we're worshiping at home, I wanna encourage you to sing along, sing along with your kids. Watch the service again later and sing along. You're gonna find it to be beautiful and encouraging. And then we're going to celebrate communion well together. So as David leads us in worship, I wanna invite you into a full Easter. I don't know who's cooking. I don't know where you are. I want you to know many of you um, that are spending some time alone. Um, that we are with you, we're standing with you. We're gonna to join together on Zoom. We're gonna find ways to connect. I can also tell you that in this story, when I hear Jesus say, Thomas, come and touch me, I can only believe that it wasn't just for the evidence, but that Thomas needed touch. What, what we know, you don't have to know much about biology to know that we haven't fully understood until recently the value of human touch. You look at kids that grew up in orphanages in Romania under an oppressive regime and they weren't touched. And these kids didn't develop well, their brains didn't develop well. That touch is important, that it matters. I'm watching a show on Netflix about babies and it's amazing because what you learn is that not only moms, but dads also have a physical reaction as they bond with their babies, right? They can measure it, it's really beautiful. Same with adoptive parents, that adoptive parents are bonding with their babies, getting time skin to skin and something beautiful happens. There's a hospital in Bogota um, that had a 70% mortality rate for premature babies. They didn't have the incubators that we have here and they decided that what they should do is let the parents or family be the incubators to keep the babies warm and just put them on their skin and keep them there all the time. And what they learned was that the babies not only kept warm, that they developed greater immunities, they didn't need antibiotics, that all of these things happened that were so good for their kids because they were touched. And one of the hard things in this season is not experiencing that touch. We're gonna be creative to care well for each other in this season. Um, we got some puppies around our house because my kids need more touch. 
Um, they need more affection. And so we're getting some puppies. In fact, we'll loan them to you. If you're really touch deprived, we're gonna have a dog sharing ministry at Ecclesia and you can borrow a pet. I'm not a cat person. I don't want your cat. If you want a cat, then God bless you. You're on your own. I don't know what to tell you, but we're gonna find, whether it's an animal or a person, we still need touch. And Jesus said to Thomas, like, touch me, not only because Thomas wanted proof, but because Thomas desired to be touched by God. And this is what you need to know. The arms of Christ are wrapped around you. As David leads us in song, I wanna invite you to feel the arms of your Savior loving you, supporting you, that as you celebrate Easter, that God's going to bless you today. And that however long this lasts, we're a people of faith that can endure difficulty. This is not the greatest difficulty that anyone has ever endured as people of faith, and we will get through it together. Let's worship our Savior. Good morning, Ecclesia. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Well, um, this last week has been a tough one for many of us, for myself. Uh, I developed symptoms of COVID-19 and had to isolate away from my family. I'm actually in my upstairs neighbor's apartment. Uh, many people in my own building are gone. Um, but I'll have to say, um, right when your community found out, um, specifically your pastor found out, Chris um, sent my family money for groceries and food this week and other parishioners reached out and helped and i know that's just the spirit of ecclesia it's a spirit of always helping your neighbor and always loving your friends and your family and we feel part of the ecclesia family here in new york and so i wanted to say thank you uh leading up into holy week um last week i wrote a song specifically for easter and i wanted to be able to share it with you today uh, I called friends from all around the world, John in Paris, my brilliance musical partner. I called Matt Marr in Nashville, as well as all kinds of friends in LA. And we're all kind of doing this from our apartments, our in-home studios. So we send this song with love today. It's a song called, We're Gonna Make It Through. Roll the stone away from the entrance of our hearts May we walk into the dark With the light of peace In these eerie days Know that we are not alone For it's grace that makes us whole May we grow in love We are gonna make it through we are gonna make it through Love will do what it takes To get me to you We are gonna make it through Life is a mystery We cry Hosanna in the dark From the pit of death You are our hallelujah song Surviving history Easter give life a brand new start Healing all our broken hearts And resurrects our hope We are gonna make it through We are gonna make it through Love will do 
history But we can't ignore the need You've got one life Life may be a mystery But we can't ignore the need Stay home for your neighbor Won't you love your neighbor Won't you love your neighbor You gotta stay home for your neighbors Cause we are gonna make it through We are gonna make it through Love Ecclesia, beloved community, now is the time for us to come and share communion with one another. We know that you may need some time to get your communion elements, and after our prayer, there will be a song where you can do that as well as take the communion. We know that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he met with his disciples, and he had a meal with them, and he offered bread, and he offered wine. And he said, this is my body that is broken for you. Whenever you eat of it, remember me. At the end of the meal, he took wine and he said, this is my blood that is shed for you. It represents a new covenant. And Ecclesia, let's focus on that word new. As we come to this table, I hope that as you take the bread, as you take the juice and the wine, that you will be tasting the forgiveness and the redemption that God has for all of us. Would you now join me in this confession communion prayer? I'll read as a celebrant. The table is set all around us. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. It is the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified himself. It is the table of communion with the earth in which Christ became incarnate. So come then to this table, you who have much faith and you who would like to have more, you who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time, you who have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed. Come, it is Christ who invites us to meet him here. And now all together, loving God, through your goodness, we have this feast which has come forth from the earth and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us now. Made one in Christ, 
and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves a single living act of praise. Amen. Ecclesia, whatever your table may contain, this is the body broken and given for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. May we taste and see.
Ecclesia, as you go now to celebrate, to give thanks, to pray and rejoice in the assured hope of resurrection, I invite you to picture this moment. In the dark of the early morning, it descended, the very breath of God. Dawn approached, the spirit filled the lungs of our fallen king, and his heart began to beat anew. At the rising of the sun, he awoke, he opened his eyes, he smiled, he rose victorious. They say the tomb was empty, but we know otherwise. Fear and shame left behind. Sin and death left behind. Our old ways and our old selves left behind. Forever entombed by Christ the Son. So go forth to live and serve in the name of He who has conquered the grave. He who is risen. He who reigns. Alleluia. Ecclesia, may your home be filled with joy and celebration today. Dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.